Hello. Um, pre-intro chat. So today's guest is uh, someone who does something quite similar to me. Works in adverts, um, is a singer, and uh, has a catchphrase. Not knocking on your door, but uh, go compare. Yeah, Wynn Evans is uh, going to be my guest. Can't wait to chat to him. So uh, let's go on with the podcast. Hello, everyone. Yes, it is that time. Um, I'm Daniel Johnson, and this is Best Thing. Yes, this is Best Thing, where we talk to guests about the best things in their life. Can I say best thing anymore? Yeah, from food to travel to music uh, to TV and film and something random. And that new subject, you. you got to say something nice about you. All wrapped together with everyone else. We've got Adam Harris and his fat chicken, Bethia Beach, bringing us the best in brand new music. And the boys at Filmbag talking us all through those films. Now, today's guest is the wonderful Wynn Evans. You may know him from the Go Compare adverts. He's got some amazing stories and literally got me laughing out loud. Really nice, down-to-earth guy with loads to say. So, buckle up and enjoy. Next up, Adam Harris's Fat Chicken and then interview with Wynn Evans where we talk about the wonderful Lucy Jones first. Fat chicken, clack clack. Um, today I want to find out for you what the first toy to be advertised on television was. Um, so I don't know when that's going back to, but I'm going to find out for you, and I'm going to come back to you at the end of the podcast. I'm going to give you the answer. Okay, that's how this works. Clack clack. <laughs> If you're looking for something completely different for a friend's birthday, anniversary, or you just want to wish them good luck in their new job, but I can't do a video, that'd be rubbish. Who could I get? Well, you could get loads of people at Memo. Get a personal video message from your favorite celebrity. But who? Well, let me tell you. What about Charlotte Crosby from Geordie Shaw? Or Sandra? Or Sandy from Gogglebox? Gabby Allen, Amy Childs, and if they like sport, you can get Matt Letissier, Glenn Hoddle, John Barnes, Paul Lintz, and Razor Ruddock. You can even get Carol Baskin. Who's that? She's on Tiger King, of course. Oh, yes. All you have to do is write a message, and you get your video within seven days. A perfect gift, and the best thing you could do for a friend today. It's that easy. Just go to memo.me. That's memo.me. Why not get a fun celebrity message today? Lucy Jones is a babe, I have to say. She is an absolute doll. And she's done so well. Like her progression of her career from sort of, you know, doing stuff before she did X Factor, then X Factor, then West End, then Eurovision. And you're like, I'm just going to clap you, Lucy. Yeah, she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I don't know if you know how this works, Wynn, but what we do, because everything seems so scary in the media and uh, even on podcasts right now, but mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that was just a bit more uplifting, a bit like nice and friendly and just yeah. uh, just getting to know you a little bit. And obviously, most people know your face a little bit even more now because actually we get to see you on the adverts. Yeah, which That's is good. That's so good. <laughs> I was thinking, and it's a question I wanted to do, not like I ever really probably ask questions on this, but like how do you do that? Because you obviously you're playing a character and you're like, do you know what? We're going to do both. Did you have a say? Uh, yeah, I'm on. Uh, we have a kind of creative uh, committee thing uh, once fortnight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just four of us on it. Me, the chairman of the board, and two creatives who are uh, husband and wife, married couple. They're fab. They're like, I think they're like 75. Wow. And- yeah, but they wrote all those amazing advertising campaigns, probably way before you were born. But things like the little red phone for direct line, the Mash Get Smash Aliens, oh, yeah. Sheila's Wheels. Remember Sheila's yeah, Wheels? Of course, of course. They, they devised the whole campaign for Sheila's Wheels. So it's been amazing, really amazing. Wow. I mean, I, I do have to give you a clap because not only are you superly talented, but you're known in two different ways. And and I thought beforehand, obviously you're playing a character and obviously people knew you before because you had a really, really an amazing singing career. But obviously people knew your character. And now now definitely people know who you are and the character because you're playing both. To, uh, it, it's it's mind-blowing and I love it. That's what uh, I'm going to say. Because I'm glad you like it. 
we do similar things because I, I feel I feel like I'm a glorified Keith Chegwin. May he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> and I love it because I get to knock on people's doors. Well, I used to, obviously not at the moment. But it's kind of nice doing that sort of adverty kind of Yeah, play. totally, yeah. Because I worry that people just, well, people do, um, you must get this, but people just shout at me in the street. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that all the time. You know, people, or the worst thing is, is that they don't shout it at you. They wait for you to pass and then they do the triple take and then they sing it to their friend. And then, or the worst thing is, right, this is the worst thing, okay, is that uh, you get a parent who recognizes you, right? And they go to the kid, you know who this is, don't you, right? And the kid goes, no. And so there's that really embarrassing moment when and when the parent goes against me, he goes, tell him. I think, why am I telling your kid who I am? I know full well who I am. Why don't you tell the kid who I am? And then we'd be absolutely fine. Honestly, I've had it sung at me in toilets, which is like weird, because then you think, well, what are they going why, to, why looking at me having a wee has made them sing the words go compare? Do you know what I mean? It's like there's a time and a place for everything, and that is neither the time nor the place. It like, makes a great story. Just makes a great story, though. That's what they're doing. Yeah, it's that. It's that, right? It's that because uh, people love to hate the advert, right? Yeah. So it is that thing where people go, "You'll never guess what I did to the go computer man." What I sang at him while he was having a wee at the toilet, and he just smiled at me because I've got this default smile. I do. I, I either right go. I write. I either do a Ricky Gervais, and I go, "Oh, well done." Do you think of that all by yourself, or? I go, <laughs> like it's the first time I've ever heard it. I need to stop laughing on Mike. It's already annoying myself. Oh, okay. Stop being so funny, man. Thanks. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll bring it back. We'll move away from that. We'll, we'll, yeah. We may come back to that. But we'll, well, we have we'll... to come back to it because it's like what made me famous. And I'm not one of those guys that goes, no. I interviewed Kiki D once, right? You know, Kiki Ooh, D? Don't go course. breaking my heart. Breaking that, my right? heart. And she goes, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, there is literally then nothing left to talk about Kiki. And I interviewed Liza, uh, no, yeah. who was it? Judy Garland's daughter, uh, whatever her name was. Not not Liza Minnelli, the one Lorna left. Lorna left. Lorna left. One. Yeah. Who doesn't well, want to talk about go. her mother? It's like, well, there we go then. Interview over. So, yeah, I'm happy You're to talk have to about do it. That. That's cool. Uh, we, we, so we, I've got some vague categories that kind of okay. tries to keep us on topic, um, right. and but they're kind of really vague, so it's fine. Cool. Um, we're going to talk about food first. Um, so, <laughs> are you like a are you <laughs> are you like a breakfast man? Do you? Because I I find it really difficult. <laughs> right, stop when <laughs> because not I, everyone has a different kind of relationship with food and stuff like that. And like, yeah. and uh, do you, are you a good cook? Yeah, I mean, look at me. I mean, I'm a big old fatty. Right? Yeah, there is handsome. no, there is no beating around the bush, right? That most people eat to live, and I live to eat. It is absolutely true, okay? That I, you know, when people say, "Oh, I forgot to have dinner last night," I think, "How on earth did you forget to have dinner?" Yeah, it's like happen. my my whole day is planned: breakfast to lunch, lunch to dinner. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love cooking. Uh, my son, my son lives with me, and he loves cooking, and. Uh, yeah, we, it's just something that we really enjoy doing. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I find it really relaxing. And everybody goes, oh, you should go on a chef's course and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know uh, how you feel, Darren, right? But it's like, once you go on a course, it's like being a singer, right? Once yeah. you actually learn to sing, mm -hmm. it becomes a bit crap. Well, it's, job. it's, it's a job. <laughs> yeah, because it becomes a job and you can never enjoy it ever again. Right? And you can't you can't enjoy anyone else doing it ever no. again. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you go to the opera a lot? No. No. Never. I don't want to be put through that. I go to the cinema, right, where I know nothing can go wrong because it's on a film. Do you know what I mean? I'm the same. I'm exactly I get anxious. So, yeah, uh, food. Food, great question, food. Um, can I tell you my last – if I knew somehow that I was going to die tomorrow – just say a desert island. There could be a desert island kind of food. No, because I've got to eat it every day then, and I've got to bring that Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, in, right? right. Let's, let's morbidly say, okay, like, let's just say, by the way, uh, if you die, what is going to be your last meal? Me and you on death row, right? Yes. Okay. 
I said this to my mate, me and you in death row, what are you going to order? Do you know what he said to me? This is true, right? I promise. He goes, I'd probably have what the bloke in front of me had because that always looks really good. I'm like, it's your last meal. It's your last Also lazy. Yeah, really lazy. So I would have scallops to start. Oh, yes, nice. Right? Steak, standard steak. Mm -hmm. Don't, Don't mess around with it. Steak, chips, peppercorn sauce. I was going to say, what sauce are you going for? Peppercorn. You? Yep. See, yeah, I, I probably just have what you haven't because I'm lazy. <laughs> I've never met anybody that has blue cheese sauce. Have you? No, and that's horrible. No offense to anyone that does that, but n- no, get to the back of the queue. Yeah, and then I'd have a crumble. Oh, what what would you have? What would, what would be the fruit? If I had a choice, rhubarb. Oh, yeah, classic. Yeah. Yeah, that's but a good one. I don't know if they do that on death row. They'll do anything. You, you, you get them in. I, I think you actually allowed anything, and then they can prepare it. They'll get really? them in. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for finding out. <laughs> Just in case. You said both of us were going to be on death row. You dragged me into this. No matter what this podcast I like, lead us to do, we're both dying for it. I just... Uh... I'm a little bit worried. Oh um, can, you, can you cook any of the things? Can you cook a crumble? Can you do that? Do you have like yeah. a, an old recipe that you use from an old dusty book on the shelf? No, I mean, I, I'm, not, um, I'm, not, I'm not a holder on to things, really. You? I don't no. know. I've got some clutter, but not yeah. much. Yeah, I'm the same. I always think if I die, it's going to take ages to get through it. So I just, I'll get it out of the way already. Yeah, yeah. Kindest thing my dad did before he passed away, he emptied the loft. I know it sounds, I know it sounds weird, but what a kind thing to do for your children. Because that is going to be not great. That is the big job, isn't it? Oh God, what's you got in the loft? Oh, and there's spiders, and it's dark and cobwebs oh. and stuff, and the stuff that gets witchy. On, no, I don't want any of that. Yeah, yeah well I, done, Dad. Yeah, well done. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's is that food done? Yeah, I think I kind of is food. I'm going to say the best thing for you when when it comes to food is. <laughs> If you die and you're on death row, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have some scallops. You're going to have some uh, a steak, steak, classic steak with peppercorn and uh, peppercorn sauce, some chips, and yeah. a nice crumble that is rhubarb. Yeah, I think definitely right. having that. And I don't want celery. I hate celery. Right. Take back the celery. No, he doesn't want celery. No, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Stop. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking uh, travel next. When travel, mm-hmm. you've been anywhere nice in the last 10 years? I don't, I'm just saying that because <laughs> nowhere's been, no one's been anywhere. <laughs> so yeah. did, you get a, did you get a cheeky holiday and like a, the mid-lockdown holiday? Because yeah. a lot of my friends went, to, where do you go? Come on. Well, it wasn't through choice, right? But I would have gone there anyway. My nephew decided to get married. Oh, nice. Where he lives. And where is it? Is it Newquay? <laughs> it's not Newquay. He lives in, in Falmouth Harbour. He lives in Falmouth? In, in Antigua. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's not fair. Because I was like, Falmouth is lovely. I love it there. It's great. In Antigua. Oh, no. I haven't been there. <laughs> yeah. uh, when, when did you go there? Uh, August. Uh, it was like everything came into place. Lockdown finished in Wales. Because... I've got loads of mates I haven't seen for ages because English lockdown has been so different to Welsh lockdown. Yes. The dates have never kind of really matched up, but they, they, the stars, the stars came into line for two weeks, uh, a week. It was 10 days. We were there. We went out. We had a COVID test before we went. We went out. It was, it was amazing there because, I mean, you think of Antigua and you think the Caribbean probably a bit laid back and blah, 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 blah. Not at all. They're right on it. You know, nobody's going anywhere with COVID in the Caribbean. And then, um, and then we came back, and then I went back into lockdown. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a cheeky one in there. But, yeah, uh, no, nowhere else. Not even like a um, – do you do any staycations? Have you, have you had a chance to do any of those? Because oh, where did we go? I think I went to Devon for my nephew's okay. birthday, and we caught the steam train. <laughs> <laughs> nice that is nice. can i sound like an arse briefly yeah please do so i uh i'm from west wales from the west of wales okay Carmarthen. 
Right. And um, when my dad died, we bought a tiny little house on the beach in San Stefan, which is just outside Camarthen. So we go, uh, my son and I, we go there quite a lot um, if we can, but we haven't been able to go there at the moment. It's been terrible yeah. I mean, yeah. boring yeah that, that's the that's the tough one isn't it especially you know because you want to do what is right and you know but also staring at your four walls a lot is a bit like uh, I, I mean I, today my highlight today i got a, an a, amazon why didn't i put stocks and shares in amazon like 10 years i ago? know and they've been crazy but i ordered a long feather duster because i've got like high ceilings nice. right nice. and i got rid of the cobwebs today Tell you what, those cobwebs have been there, I don't know, it must be about eight years. <laughs> How about this lady, right? If you send the Amazon drivers round in the Asda and the Tesco's vans with the vaccine, and then they, I reckon they could do the whole of Britain in five days. We'll be done. We'll be done. It'd be, it, that'd be amazing. And then we'd also get our carrots and apples as well. Yeah. Me, me and the delivery driver, right? So I've got this show on the, BB, on the BBC Hearing Wheels, okay? So... Yeah. Uh, the delivery driver listens to the show, okay? So he, because I was ordering so much at the start, just because of the boredom, right? So like, oh, I'll get, I'll get uh, picture hanging hooks. I'll yep. get such and such, and I'll get this, and I'll do that, and I'll do this. Anyway, so you can, because I've had an idea for a section for your show, right? And I go, all right, what's that then, mate? He goes, guess what's in the box? Ooh. I, said, I said, what? Guess that could guess. be rude, though. <laughs> yeah, he goes, guess what's in the box? I said, well, what box? Well, what you're ordering off the internet, right? So he has taken my box, opened it, right? And he's now holding it behind his back, right? So I go like this. I don't know. I can't remember what I've ordered. Is it, uh, is it placemats? No, it's not placemats. Is it, uh, I'm going like this. Is it, is it a book? Is it a book or a, a, a game? No, it's not a book or a game. I said, I give up. What is it? And he, then he pulls out this card of scampi fries and he goes, bar snacks. <laughs> oh, honestly, he goes, bar snacks. I go, oh, thanks. And he hands them over. I'm thinking, why am I saying thanks? He's opening my mail. Not only is he opening your mail, imagine you were getting something delicate. Imagine you're getting something that was secretive. Imagine there was like, you know, the crab cream or whatever your neighbor might be getting, you know, and you just open it. That that would be terrible. Um, (laughs) Is there anywhere in the world that uh, you have wanted to go, but you haven't had a chance? Never been. Um, Never been to Australia or New Zealand, and I've never been to India. Those are the two places where I would love to go next. Yeah. If I could. what is it about India? Because I'm, I, I really, really want to go, and I, I, I just want to experience. And my auntie's been, some of my family members and friends have been, and they're just like, it's just amazing. But I said, oh, do you want to go back? They're like, I, mm. and I was like, India's so big. There's so many Huge. places to go. Like, uh, what, what, what draws you? What, like to have that on your list to where to go? I think it's the culture. Um, we went to Vietnam a few years ago, and Love we. It. And we just went around a bit there um, it's about three, four years ago now. And I just loved the whole culture, the hustle, the bustle, the, the ease of life, the, the simplicity of the life. And it's the same in, I suppose, I, my brother's a, um, a lawyer in, in uh, the Turks and Caicos Islands in the Caribbean. So wow. I go out to see him a bit. And it's just the level of life. You know, people are driving around in rubbish cars and nobody really cares. And I think that is the thing out there. You know, it's a, it's a break from uh this whole you know hamster wheel that we're all on here that we just yeah. keep going 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 can we do this can we do that how much money can we make all of that kind of stuff so i think just a simpler way of life really what would you say when would be the best thing when it comes to travel for you and it can be like a destination it could be just a feeling it could be just even just getting away someone said <laughs> first class when someone else is paying which i thought that's quite nice <laughs> yeah that is always nice actually and um we went to hong kong a few years ago uh, my son and i and we treated ourselves to uh business you know so uh we walked in there but we thought it would be funny to pretend we've been upgraded okay and be that family that is a nightmare right so we went on and i went Nigel, Nigel. And he goes, what, dad? I said, we've been upgraded, Nigel. We've been upgraded. And you could see people in there going, who the 
upgraded these tosses, right? So we were like, Nigel, Nigel, look at this bus. Nigel, look what it does. Nigel, look what it does. But um, yeah, I mean, that is the ultimate, isn't it? First class travel. I love first class uh, or business class travel. Although once, right? This is just once that happened to me. Do you remember the ash cloud? Yes, I do. Yeah. When everyone couldn't go anywhere or got stuck. So I was in South Africa, right? Filming. So I got stuck out there for two weeks. Couldn't get back. Couldn't get back, right? You could have drove. I'm joking. (laughs) No, you could have. I thought about it. Don't worry. Anyway, after the sun had published the headline, the go compare man is stuck in South Africa. Every ash cloud has a silver lining, right? I mean, clever. Very clever. (laughs) I got on a KLM flight, right? to Amsterdam because it was two weeks after my original flight was meant to leave. So I thought, well, better that I get to Amsterdam. Yeah. I can work it out from there. Mm-hmm. So I'd worked out Amsterdam and then somebody found me a flight from Amsterdam to Heathrow, but there was like a 10 hour wait. It was fine. So I got on the plane and the plane's wheels were literally taking off the runway, right? Literally the front wheel had just come off. And the guy behind me, right? I'm bearing in mind now, I'm in business as well, right? So there's only about eight seats there, right, up the front. So the guy behind me stands up, right? Imagine this, the beginning of a 13-hour flight. He stands up as the as it's taxiing down, as it's, you know, going down the runway to take yeah. off, and he spews on my head. Uh, <laughs> right? I, I did not. I thought he was going to sing at you or start a conversation no. about like rigor mortis. <laughs> Not be sick on your head. He was sick on my head, right? And oh. and I was like, oh my god! So I get up now and I'm I'm going at this guy, right? And the woman is going to me, "Can you sit down, sir? The captain hasn't turned the fasten seatbelt signs off yet, right?" So I go, "This bloke's just spewed on me, right? This bloke's just thrown up all over me." And she goes, well, don't worry, we'll sort it out now. So I'm sat there, right, in, like, uh, a shirt and trousers. I had a glass of champagne where there was, like, bits of him in it. And it's all of my shirt, right? So she goes against me. She goes, um, don't worry, she said. We keep tracksuits on board for such an eventuality. So I said, thank you very much. I'm not lying, right? She came. It was a small. It was okay. a sm- I'm 20 stone, right? <laughs> it was a small. I could basically get it up to my groin just, right? But it only came just below my man boobs. There was a massive void, right? Between my well, my entire stomach was there. I spent 13 hours dressed like this on the plane, right? I want and, picture, I want picture and, of <laughs> and I had a 10-hour stopover in Amsterdam. <laughs> honest to God. Uh, Honestly, it was the worst, worst journey I've ever had. I know what I'm going to use for the clip to uh, sell this show. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say the best thing about travel is not being thrown up on on a plane, but it is kind of nice to be on a plane in a bit of luxury and pajamas the right size for you yeah. and a glass of champagne without any bits of sick in, which is probably <laughs> the best way. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking film and TV. We've watched a lot of film and TV, so we've got a lot to talk about there. We'll be right back with Wynn, finding out what his best things is to do with film and TV. But before we do that, we've got the boys at Film Bag, and they're going to tell us just what to watch. So, over to you. Hey everyone, Revan back again talking movies. Today I thought I would talk about another film that I think has been unceremoniously snubbed by the Oscars in what appears to be kind of pedestrian, I don't want to say it, but boring Oscar year. 2019 was a good one, so, you know. But yeah, this week I'm going to be talking about Palm Springs, which for my money was the best film in 2020. I've seen it twice, get me. Niles! Don't come in here! It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Good day so far? Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. You, what is going on? Hey, get out of the water, girl! Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah. And now it's available to watch and stream in that order on Amazon Prime. 
yeah, so this is just a lot of fun. It's part of that newish subgenre that's cropped up from Groundhog Day, uh, where people are just trapped in these horrific purgatories day in, day out. But it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's got Andy Samberg from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, also part of the Lonely Island comedy group collective. You might have seen some of their stuff. But yeah, he plays Niles, who's uh, perennially trapped at a wedding that he's attended. And it's we're not sure how long he's been there. Could be uh, a few days, could be hundreds of years but he's become a bit of an expert and he inadvertently brings Kristen Milioti from How I Met Your Mother into the fold she plays Sarah and the two kind of uh you know it's a rom-com so but a will they won't they they're a joy to watch they also have to contend with cinema's geriatric bad boy J.K. Simmons who you might know as the villain in Whiplash and of course J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man films he's stuck in there under mysterious circumstances and he's taken to hunting Andy Samberg's character day in day out as a bit of a sport so lots going on uh, the film's just constantly unexpected Samberg plays Niles with a surprising amount of pathos um, there's just a lot to this movie it's got a great soundtrack there's a really great Kate Bush needle drop towards the end consistently funny really enjoyable it's kind of like a spiritual sibling to Netflix's Russian doll I don't know if you guys have seen that but I also recommend that one so yeah Palm Springs see it seek it out watch it goodbye <laughs> Uh, when film and TV, have you mm-hmm. been have you been glued to it like me, or have you tried to be good? And uh, I've been rewatching programs, so I've just finished watching Luther. Have you yeah. watched any of Luther with uh, Idris? Um, yeah, yeah, I've watched I've watched bits of it. I've watched the whole. I think I've watched like the first. I don't know what. I think I've watched the first series. Yeah, how many it's series are there? Yeah. Uh, five. Five. I think I've done one and two or something. There's only, I think there's only four episodes in each one, and actually episode four, series four, there's only two episodes, so it was a bit quicker. Okay. But it's it's been full on. What have you been watching? Right. Don't laugh. Okay. Okay, I won't. Below Deck. I don't know what this is. Come right. on. It is on Bravo, right? I think it's Bravo, but I get it through Amazon Prime on Hui or whatever that channel is called, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, yep. And... It's about super yachts and people that work on them and then the people that go on them and how much tip they leave, right? So I have done, in quite a short space of time, eight series of Below Deck with 15 or 16 one-hour episodes in each series. You could have watched Game of Thrones. (laughs) I've done five series of Below Deck Mediterranean special. And I've done one series of Below Deck Yachting. Why has this caught your imagination? Why can you not turn it off? This is an hour show in that many episodes and that different locations. I don't know. What is it? What is it? I don't know. It's just, it's the drama on the board, right? Right. And then I, I looked it up. Why is it so addictive, right? So it's the drama on the board. And then it's the, it's like the upstairs, downstairs thing. And then how mental the people upstairs are and how much tip they leave. It's it's just, I don't know, it's totally addictive. I cannot stop watching it. Well, I have to, though, because I've finished them all. You can so re-watch them. I think there's a new one out tonight. I'm not very good at re-watching TV. I'm Are you not, not very good at all. No, I can't do that. I don't like it. Uh, and I generally, you know, don't like it when my advert comes on either, which is like nearly every ad break. Do, do your mates phone you or text you? Like, oh, just seeing you on TV, you're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah, and I go like this. Yeah, I've been on uh, 6,000 times a month for the last 12 years, so welcome to the party. So it's a bit, it's a bit like that. So, Do you watch, the, do you watch the, like uh, football in the pub or anything when we can watch football in the pub and then the advert comes on and everyone just goes <clears throat> and just slowly stares at you? And yeah, like, they, that's happened a few... I was actually in a sexual health clinic once and it came on. <laughs> that's not true. No, and everyone stared. And I had to ask them to change it to BBC so there wasn't adverts because it was a roll. It was a rolling advert of post glossary. You're joking. Yep. Everyone was just like, I wish I was wearing a mask. Would have been fine. But no, <laughs> I was just there. I did it. I did it. You know, you're talking right about your ad there. My mate, well, he's, he's, he's like a bit of a legend, don't you? His name's Max Boyce, right? He used to sing before the rugby and stuff. Mm. Anyway, 
it, he, he, he was out. He was in the middle of lockdown. He went out to pick up his daughter, not in the middle of lockdown, in, in the, one of the breaks. Yeah. Uh, went to pick up his granddaughter's cake, right? And okay. for some reason, right? For some reason, he went to the door and he said, Oh, is Phyllis here? And she goes, No, no, three doors down. So is Phyllis here? Yeah, yeah, next door. So is Phyllis here? And she goes, Stanley! Stanley! So Max is standing there in the door and he goes, What? It's postcode lottery, right? <laughs> And he goes, no, 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 I'm just here to pick up a cake. And she's going, oh, my God, it's postcode lottery. I can't believe it. We've won the postcode lottery. And he's going, no, 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 I'm literally just here to pick up a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that? You know, if you call on somebody, like yep. say you put something on Gumtree, mm -hmm. you rock up, do they go, oh, my God. The, uh, the, the delivery driver today, um, dropped off something and he not he didn't he, I've got like a little drop box so you can put it in a box but I heard him come so I opened the door and I was like oh thank you and he he went to drive and then he reversed back and he went no way and I was like <laughs> and I don't know what they're gonna say because it doesn't always correspond to being the thing that I've actually done so sometimes it can be absolutely ever Bridgerton is right now one of the things on TV there's a one mixed race guy and they're like you look like him I mean this guy's <laughs> This guy's a bloody model, right? There's no freaking way I look anything like him. But there you go. It's all fun. Oh, I love <laughs> that. Film-wise, are you, are you a film buff? Do you like, do you like your films? Do, do you miss the cinema? Do you go to the cinema? I love going to the cinema. Absolutely love it. And I really miss going to the cinema. Uh, and I think, uh, you know what it's like as a singer, right? You spend a lot of time away from home. Or, you know, if you're touring or something like that. And the cinema is... Is somewhere you go. I know this sounds really dodge, right? But you'd arrive in a city. Say you're doing an opera, you have to be in the city for one o'clock, okay? So say I was working Welsh National Opera and we were in Southampton. You'd have to be in Southampton for one o'clock. You're not on stage till seven. Nope. So cinema in the afternoon, right? Perfect. You could go in. It's cr you'd be like the only person in there. You'd be shoving back the popcorn like it's coming out of fashion. And you'd be, you know, swigging your 19-pound Coke. And uh, it, I love the cinema. I absolutely love the cinema. I've missed it so much. I mean, I went and saw um, the Christopher Nolan film Tenant, and and uh, just and then I was waiting for Bond, and obviously that got pushed back, and I don't think that's ever going to come back. I do have a conspiracy mm. theory about what's happening with Bond. I think that they might have in the story that there's a virus, <laughs> and they just feel like eh, maybe it's not the best time to bring this film out. I just have a feeling that there's something yeah. in the storyline yeah. of a virus. It's like yeah, I can believe mm, maybe. Maybe we won't bring this out. Um, is there, is there any uh, any top three films that you think are must watch films? Or is there anything you you date? You say you don't go back and rewatch stuff, but is there anything that you kind of go that is my film? From for me is Alien. I can yeah. watch that anytime. Jurassic Park. I can watch oh. that anytime. And Finding Nemo. I can watch that anytime. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I? I've got a Jurassic Park story. Can I tell it to you very yeah, very quickly? Do. No, we've got so, all the time. Without sounding right like Mickey Rooney, mm -hmm. my parents, long story short, ended up running a cinema and a theatre, right? Saving it from demolition and running it voluntarily in Carmarthen. Wow. Right? And there's actually a film being made by Sky about this at the moment, okay? Incredible. So what happened was they were meant to be showing Jurassic Park there because when there was no theatre on there, they show films, right? So they're meant to be showing Jurassic Park and they ran out of copies of the film. And my mother, right, ran the local youth opera and was very, you know, uh, helping kids from underprivileged backgrounds and all of this. And she, so they rang and they said, look, Jurassic Park's a massive success. Because you've only got one screen, you can't have the film. We're going to put it into a multiplex where we can show it on 10 screens at once, right? Because it was it was a proper film back then. We're talking about 92, something like that, when it came out. Yeah. Uh, so my mother was like, oh, God, we never have anything in this town, and we're going to have Jurassic Park on the first day of release, blah, blah, blah. So she's furious. So she goes to see the mayor, right? So the mayor, you know what the mayor's like in this country? It's a bit, it's a bit of a joke, isn't it? It's yeah. a tiny bit of a joke, okay? Yeah. So the mayor, who is a lovely guy, he was a postman by day, mayor by night, right? So Like Batman. Got, a little bit like Batman, <laughs> but a postman. And uh, she goes, she said, this is terrible, Elizabeth. I can't believe they're taking this film off you. What we should do now, right, is we should ring Steven Spielberg and tell him, right? So 
My mother goes, my mother goes, that's a bloody good idea. Let's ring Steven Spielberg. So this, summer, is pre, this is pre-Twitter. <laughs> Pre-internet, pre-bloody everything, right? So she goes, so they somehow get hold of Spielberg's office in LA. And he says, you know, this is the mayor of Camarthen, yeah? And uh, from Wales. So the mayor in America, though, is a massive thing. You know, you think about the mayors like Arnie or Rudy yeah, Giuliani, yeah, course, and all that, right? So, so this quickly becomes that this guy is, it gets a bit um, confused. And so they think he's the mayor of Wales, right? So the next thing, Spielberg comes on the phone eventually, right? What? And my, and my mother says to him, she says, now listen now, Stephen, the kids here, they've got nothing and we were going to have this film on release and now the film distributor's rank have decided that we can't have the film on the day of release and blah, blah. So she says, leave it with me. So uh, he leaves you with her, right? <clears throat> I know this sounds far-fetched, right? But this is true. But you I love this. No, I love this. Kerry, keep going. About 10 minutes later, the film distributor's ring and they go, I guess they go, uh, Elizabeth? She goes, yeah. Uh, listen, Spielberg's office in America have been on um and you can't have the film on the day of the release she goes all right okay well we try she said no no steven spielberg says the premiere of jurassic park is to be in Carmarthen in west wales right so the premiere of jurassic park was actually simul simulcast in leicester square with princess diana there and in Carmarthen in west wales exactly at the same time and i remember um the day that it came all the film cameras are outside, all the news cameras saying, you know, it's £250 a ticket in Leicester Square, but in Carmarthen, it's £2.50 and you get a free popcorn. And that is my Jurassic Park story. This just gets better and better. I'm going to stop the podcast of this. I don't think we're going to get a better guest. Gonna... <laughs> the next I'm person better. on the list. Oh, my God, that's incredible. Wow. Like, what a absolute story. This is better than sick on the head. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to sit down. I mean, I've sat down already. Um, okay. I feel like there's a lot going on in this category. Um, what would you say is the best thing for you when it comes to TV and film? I know it's quite broad, but it kind of yeah. just is. Well, probably my all-time favorite TV series, The Thick of It. Brilliant. Just stunning. And I can watch that over and over again. And um, my one claim to fame is there. I was listen watching it again for the other day, and I totally forgot. And he goes... Now, listen, love, it's not over till that fat bastard from the Gulf Compare advert sings, right? So I was like, nailed it. Had a mention in the thick of it. Yes. I'm very, very happy. So, so that. Uh, and then, film-wise, top three, you're going to be surprised. Go on. Top film, Pretty Woman. Oh, that's, a, that's great. Next, Top Gun. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Bodyguard. I know, I know. I'm a chick flick kind of a guy. Nothing wrong with that at all. I like that. But you've also got a thick, in, uh, thick of it in there as well. Um, yeah, that's fine. You can like whatever you blimmin' well like. Who cares, man? That's that's awesome. So, okay. So, TV-wise, the thick of it, uh, Pretty Woman, Top Gun, and Bodyguard are the best things to do with film and TV uh, for when. Uh, we're going to be talking music next, and I can't wait to get into this with you. We'll be right back with Wynn to find out what his best thing is to do with music. But before we do that, we've got the wonderful Bethia Beats and her track of the pod. And if you wait till the end, you'll be able to hear the full song. Over to you, Bethia Beats. Now, go on, Bethia. Hi, everyone. It's Bethia from Bethia's Beats. This week's section is going to be a little bit of self-promo. I've recently released a song called What You Do To Me as a collaboration with my very good friends Mort and Holmes. This is one of the first songs that we ever wrote together and it just feels so nice to be able to put out music with your friends. So very excited for this one to be out in the world. Here's a snippet of it playing in the background. Stick around till the end of the podcast where you can hear the full song and find all of our social media links and also where you can find this song. Thank you so much and I will see you next time. My heart leads me to you It's us I can't refuse No wonder you've been on my mind You know what you do to me When music Do you, do you know anything about music? I feel like there might be a few things in there A couple of things, yeah 
Uh, <clears throat> my love affair with music is slightly odd because uh, I suppose I was slightly odd. So my, as, as I said, my parents ran a youth opera company in Carmarthen and then ran a theatre. So I had lots of access to theatre when I was young. So, and I had lots of access to music. And so my brother and I would do like a junior showtime show in the morning, singing like Agadoo and all of this rubbish. And then <clears throat> classics. <laughs> and then uh, we do music theatre with the youth opera group. And then one day I had a new music teacher in school and she said, oh, have you ever listened to opera and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no. And she said, oh, you should listen to some opera. And, you know, and I sound like I'm from a family of theatre people, but I'm not really. My parents fell into it. My mother was a hairdresser. My father was a carpenter. And um, I just fell in love with it, really. And I just couldn't get enough of it. It was like something new had come into my life. I loved I'd I'd always known about classical music, but I hadn't really known about opera. So I went to the Guildhall School of Music and I thought the best way for me to see opera, because I was skint as well, is to get a job in the shop of the English National Opera at the Coliseum. So I got a job there in the evenings. And what it meant was, is I could go into every performance. And so I suppose in the first year, I may have seen 30 or 40 operas. uh, And then just more and more and more and more. And it was interesting, really, because I just felt that it was something I wasn't really prepared for. And so I spent seven years at music college, four years undergrad, two years on the opera course, and then a year at the National Opera Studio. So I just felt, I've always felt of myself as not an academic singer. I'm not an, uh, an academic uh, at all, really. Uh, but I always feel like there's certain music that you can latch into that you can really sing from the heart. And uh, when, I, when I think about music and the people that influenced me, I suppose uh, Mario Lanza would have to be uh, up there, who was a matinee idol back in the 50s. And we had this record at home, which was Mario Lanza at Christmas. And I was just, even when I was young, uh, I was just like fascinated by the style and it's a bit over the top. And, you know, it is while you're dying, you can sing like, you know, like an angel for an hour and a half. But um, it is, <laughs> I always go now, I always go, are you going to the opera? And I go, which one is it? Blah, blah, blah. And I go, how long is it? Uh, so it's just one of those. But yeah, some, uh, my love affair with music has always been, I suppose, um, musical theatre and classical music. And it's it's funny for me now being a, a broadcaster where I have to play pop music all day and I'm kind of getting uh, more and more of fay with, with all of that kind of stuff. So I'd say it's pretty broad, but I, I, I still, I like what I like and I like what I know. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you work, you, you work for the BBC. Yeah. I work for the BBC in Wales. So BBC Wales. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's a big deal, by the way. That's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a uh, it's funny because it's a national radio station here in Wales, and um, my show is all about communicating with with people and and listeners. And I like to have a good chat. And I seem to have this thing about me that people overshare with me, and I think it's because I overshare as well. You know, I you can ask me anything today, and I I would give you an answer uh, because there's no I've got no secrets in so much so so. Um, I have a great time and they come on and like they share things like uh, a woman came on the other day and she said, <laughs> I am in, I'm 82. Oh, how are you? Yeah, yeah. I lost my husband five years ago. Oh gosh, I'm so sad for you. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've bought a blow up doll. She said to me, right? <laughs> I'm thinking this woman's 82, right? Well, she, she goes, I said, oh, right. Okay. And I took it for a curry. She said, right. She'd taken it out to the courier. I mean, what is going on? Brave. So, uh, Brave. She's 82. I think when you get to that age, you just don't care. Uh, yeah. So uh, the music side of things, though, is, is great. And I still love, you know, I do, I don't do any operas anymore, but I do a lot of concerts. Uh, I, I miss the... I miss the camaraderie of being part of a team and creating something, you know, creating, whether you're in a band or whether you're in an opera or whether you're in a musical, you're creating something as a team. And I miss that. And I, I went into guest in Spamalot 
uh, a couple of years ago in the West End and Amazing. just for a week, you know, just to go in and, and, and do it because they had somebody different every week in the part. And I, I'd forgotten what it was like to be part of a team and have jokes on stage and all of that kind of stuff, you know. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it also, I did some reading up and stuff like that. You, you, are, you a, are you a Tottenham fan? Yes, I am. Aha. And you sang Glory, Glory, Tottenham Hotspurs, didn't you sing it? Yeah. The, the, last, the last game at White Hart Lane. Yeah, and the first game at the new season, at the new I, stadium. I know, I have this written down as well. That That's incredible. That's got to be like a dream country. If, you, if you're not playing football, to sing at the place that you support must be, because I support Reading, and I also do support Arsenal, but we won't speak about that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, to do stuff like that, I, I've done some stuff at Reading, stuff like that, it, it just feels incredible. How did that feel? Well, it was amazing. I mean, I'd, had, I'd been very, very lucky in that. I'd sang a lot at the Welsh Rugby Internationals, which was also amazing. Uh, but Spurs was was a team I'd supported. It was a choice, you know, whereas Wales was not a choice, is it? You've got to support them if you're from Wales. So uh, Spurs was a choice. And I remember my mum, when I was a kid, I was desperate for the kit, desperate for the kit, desperate for the kit. And we couldn't get the kit in Kamarthen. And so my mum bought a Spurs badge and sewed it onto a T-shirt and, and all of that. And kids are horrible. So my mates were going, that's not a Spurs kit. You know, so I was like, yeah, yes, it is. And so I remember going to my first game when I, when I went to college in London and I bought a, bought a ticket and I went to my first Spurs game, even though I'd been a lifelong supporter of them. And then... My son said to me, Dad, can we go? Because he's a Spurs fan as well. He's had no choice, bless him. <laughs> and uh, my son goes, Dad, can we go to the last game at White Hart Lane? So I tried to get tickets. Couldn't get tickets anyway. And I said, sorry, mate, I've tried. You know, I've, I've called some contacts and they haven't got tickets. It's really, really hard. And literally half an hour later, this guy rang and he goes, oh, hi, Wynn. I'm Tony Stevens from Tottenham Hotspur. I said, oh, Hello. He said, is there any chance you'd come and sing at the last game of White Dart Lane? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I'd love to, yeah. I said, I said, I've only got one condition that I can bring my son with me. And he said, yeah, yeah, no trouble at all. No trouble at all. And it was one of those moments. Uh, I'd been through quite a, a difficult divorce and it, we were beginning to bond new again, you know, as being a single dad and all of that. And we went to White Dart Lane and... Um, we went to the rehearsal and they were just amazing with him. So you got to sit in uh, Pochettino's seat and all of this kind of stuff. Wow. And blah, blah, blah. It was just brilliant. And then on the day of, right? Sorry, this is very long-winded and boring. No, right? you've got all the time. On, on the day of uh, the game, uh, they, um, they invited us to a dinner. And this dinner was for 100 people, okay? And in there was... Um, it was so 110 people. There was 50 Spurs legends in there with their plus ones. And then there was this one table of 10 that we were on, right? And on the table of 10 that we were on, it was me and Tal, Chaz and Dave, and their other arms, right? <laughs> Kenneth Branner. Wow. And his plus one. And it was, um, do you remember Trigger off Only Fools and Horses? Of course, yes. But he used to be the voice of White Dudley, but he's passed away. But it was his, yeah, his sons were there, okay? So my son sat next to, in between Kenneth Branner and, and Chaz. And, and it, it, anyway, we had the best day ever, right? Because, like, we were watching the match. Tal was sat next to Berbatov. It was just like a dream. I walked out into the middle of the pitch. I sang. I mean, the only thing, the only thing. The only thing was all the West Ham and Arsenal fans, right? Because <laughs> they were expecting Adele, right? They thought this is going to be Adele. This is going to be fantastic. And then you get you get the fat bloke from the Go Compare advert in the middle of the pitch, right? It's like a bit of a come down, right? So the West Ham and the Arsenal fans went nuts, right? But I didn't give a shit because I was in the middle of the pitch and they weren't. So uh, I walked into the middle of the pitch and then it was just brilliant. And I remember him turning to me on the way home and he goes, I will never forget that as long as I live. I said, oh, great. And he goes, nice bloke, Ken. <laughs> yeah, just my mate Ken yeah. now. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're friends now, friends on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to answer the question for you, uh, yeah. but I, I think you've, or you said it right at the beginning, but I'm going to say the best thing when it comes to music for you is musical theatre and opera. And mm -hmm. a little bit, because now you work on radio, some new music, but only because you have to play it, because you get indoctrinated. <laughs> when I worked at the BBC, I was just like, I don't even know what, and at the end, I'm like, I love this music. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what you're going to say here because your stories have been incredible. Uh, we're going to be finding out what the best thing is to do is something random with Win right after this. So, when, when it comes to something random, what is your topic you're going to choose? What is the best thing of something random for you? Right. <clears throat> so... Um, I was thinking about this, right? And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Desert Island Discs. Of course. Right? So, well, let me tell you what was in the short list, okay? Um, ice cream vans, because <laughs> I wanted to be an ice cream man when I was little, and I might buy an ice cream van at some point. Do it. I'm telling you, do it. Amazing. Uh, do, it, do it in summer, though. <laughs> Not yeah, now. yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, that I drive in and we go, no, 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 and I'd get out and have the moustache on and I'd be like, hi, everybody, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream here, ice cream there. Do you know what I mean? You would make a killing. You you would have to people have to do impersonations of you and it have to just be all over the yeah yeah franchise it out hundred percent right. So ice cream. Okay. That yeah, was in on. the mix, right? Yeah, and yeah. then what was also in the mix was um, service motorway service stations. Are you a connoisseur of all of them, or do you have like specific ones that you go to? Well, I do know, but I, I, w I think I visited about ninety percent of them, and I, I love service stations. They are little oasises at the side of the road okay that are like a village i mean there is no nobody lives there so it's like a deserted village of it's like um what's that film uh the truman show yeah it's like the truman show okay because nobody lives there but it exists okay and i love a service station now when i started singing in 1995 okay i started my career i started visiting service stations up and down the country as i went so you know m4 was my usual route when i was going to london from cardiff or yep. cardiff from london so you've got there you've got as you come along in order heston reading that's where i am <clears throat> yeah, right so heston reading then do you count Cheveley? You can, yeah, but it's, you can. Technically, it's technically you can on the A34. Yeah, A34. So you've got to come off the M4 to get to it. So I do, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It's a big one. Mem memory. Yep, nice. Lee, Lee Delamere. Yep. Which is sounds glamorous, but it's not. It's not at all. No offense to anyone who lives there. <laughs> no, no offense. <laughs> Mago service station, right? Right, yep. Then you come into Cardiff West. Then you go to Sand Park, then you go to Swansea West, and then you've got right at the end of the M4 where it ends, Pont Abram service station near uh, near Ammonford, right in Cross Hands. So, my favourite. I wrote an article for the Sun once about service stations. Okay, so I've got my top ten service stations, and I've got my bottom service stations. Oh. Would you, do you know what? I wouldn't want to be in the middle. I'd rather, I, if I was a service station, I'd uh, want to be in the top 10 or the bottom 10. I wouldn't want well, to be in the middle. There used to be a time, right, when I would ring a mate up, right? This is true, right? A mate of mine, it was probably mid 90s, I'd ring him up and I said, Have you been to Watford Gap lately? And he'd go, No. He said, Why? I said, They've only got a new display of Ginsters there, right? <laughs> so they'd have a new Ginsters stand. And I'd go, So, Anyway, the revelations have been with service stations over the last few years is that the introduction of the drive-through at a service station is incredible. Yeah. A Costa, so, particularly. A Costa or a Starbucks. Yep. Uh, those are the two, really. And interestingly, right, you've got things like the, the noodles and the Burger Kings and McDonald's and, and uh, 
and all of those who all charge more if you're at the service station. Yeah. What is the one brand that doesn't charge more that you'll find at a service station? Well, it's definitely not fuel. Um, no, fuel. <laughs> oh, um, what does it charge more? I don't, mm. And you've got one in Reading West. Oh, I should know. Marks and Spencers. No, they charge oh. more. Uh, w. Uh, Smith. A uh, Greggs. Uh, really? Greg, Greggs is the same price <clears throat> if you're on uh, the motorway or in a town. Now, I used to be able to go like this, right? You'd go, well, if you said to me, like, if you said to me, Reading West, right? Yeah. I'd go Burger King, okay. Costa, yep. Marks and Spencers, mm-hmm. WH Smiths, yep. Corny Pasty, and now it's got a Greggs, okay? So I could do that. And then you'd go, what about um, Memory? You go Waitrose, Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, so I I could do them all, okay. I love this. Like, have you been on? Have you been a mastermind? Because that could be your subject. Would be. I know what you're asking next. Where's my favorite? I I well, yeah, I'm gonna ask. Right. Okay. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> I feel like you forced that question on me. But, uh, it's fine. Sorry. Let me, when? Where's your favorite? Right. I'm glad you asked that. There you go. I like Gloucester. It's on the uh, on the M5. It is what we would call the new age of service stations. Okay, so we've always had these little oasises across across, but now this is a farm shop in a service station. I right? know it. It's amazing. Now, if you don't live near there, don't worry because they've got a sister station right on the border to Scotland at T-Bay. Right. Now, that is a cracker. They've got fresh produce there. They can do scotch eggs. They can do um, uh, pork pies there, I've seen. I've seen you can even buy things like couscous there. I mean, really strange stuff. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You've pushed me over the edge with the couscous. Yeah, I, know. I know. can't believe that. Um, <laughs> what? An amazing, amazing answer. I like this is what I like. We've had like Greek mythology and motorbikes and color mm. and all different kind of things that people said. But yours, I'm gonna say the best thing when it comes to something random is service stations and T Bay near Scotland or just in Scotland and Gloucester mm. are the best ones of the farm shop mm. ones. But yes, that's amazing. Um mm. On series two, we've kind of, uh, and series three, we've added an extra question. It's just a very mm. short one. Uh, and, and I think one of the things that we find very hard is being nice about ourselves. So mm. the question mm. is, and I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. Um, when What is the best thing about you? You'll find out after this. When, mm. what is the best thing when it comes to you? My endless charity work. Oh, there you go. No, you're, you're I'm winning. joking, I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking. God, you were so God, sincere. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. You were so sincere because I was just like, I didn't know what to really say. I was just like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were serious. I thought, serious. I thought was, you know. uh, Well, just, uh. I didn't know. I didn't, I, you know, people are like, I'm a really good friend and like, I'm good at listening and stuff like that. And, but, you know, I thought you were just being sincere. So you, <laughs> you probably do loads of charity work, but, you know, I don't know. Say that about you, but maybe you can't say that about yourself. Maybe <laughs> I was going to say, do you remember Desert Island Disc? I was going to say, and uh, Elizabeth Farskoff, the opera singer, went on there, right? And right. they were like, "And what disc would you like to play first? And she goes, "This is me singing this. This is me singing that." She picked five of her own songs to go on there, oh, right? My. So yeah. Anyway, what is good about me is my ability to take. The, I think it's my ability to take the piss out of myself. I've well, never taken myself too seriously, right? And when the Go Compare adverts first started, people hated it on Twitter, right? And I think it was very much to my benefit that I never took myself too seriously. And I think yeah. that's played into my um, advantage. It definitely has. And I think, um, you know, that whole, it's 
because it's been going on for so long and you see these adverts come and go, I think there was one by Nationwide and it was the two sisters and they were like the most mm-hmm. hated adverts. Of, and I thought I just took pressure off myself just not to be this, uh, <laughs> someone's not going on, you just shut up. Um, and now there's loads of memes. And if you go, and, and there must be loads of you on like TikTok and people doing their impressions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it is now kind of part of our history. And I think that you have, I don't know, just you are this kind of, our time what is now then people look back and they go well, what do you remember about you know tv and adverts and stuff because people watch tv hugely different now I, you know mm. I, I watch a lot more on youtube and i watch netflix and there's no adverts in there but i feel like when it comes to the adverts and stuff you are the top and when i when i you know saw you on on tiktok and and, and spoke to your, your lovely manager agent uh Lindsay, and and and, and got a chance to talk to you i this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to find out who you were. And I know you must do this because you do your radio stuff. People know who you are. But it's you are so self-deprecating. You're so funny. Your story's incredibly, like, I can't, like, sick on the head, like, service stations, Jurassic Park and Kamada. Like, these incredible, incredible things is sort of you get to, well, I get to listen to and other people get to listen to as well. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this when you're an absolute star. Uh, what's What's going on now? Obviously, you know, things are not back to normal yet, but what, yeah. what's the next plan? What's what's happening next with you? Uh, I can't wait for it to get I can't wait to get back on stage. Can't wait to get back singing. Uh, we've got an opportunity and shall I give you an exclusive? Please. So at Christmas we were doing that TikTok thing, uh, yeah. where you could be in an advert on mm-hmm. the television. Well, we're doing it again for Valentine's Day. So oh, uh, I'm going to take, take part. Okay, great. There's I'm an opportunity to sing. Uh, so sing with that. So head over to Gio Campario's TikTok, uh, what's it called? Channel, station, <laughs> whatever. And uh, you can sing with me on the TV on Valentine's Day and you can make it to the special person you love probably and say, I didn't get you any roses because I'm too tight. But look at me in a Go Compare advert. And if and if they're shy, they can just watch on TikTok themselves. They don't have to do it themselves. If exactly. they do feel shy, give it to another friend. It's fine. Um, that that's incredible. Um, I love all the work you're doing. Uh, keep on singing, being on stage when you get a chance to do it, because I'll definitely come down and see you. Even though you're a Tottenham fan, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's, I mean, I don't want to go into it too much, but the, the football has been very interesting. Do you watch the football with the sound or with the not the sound, the fake sound? Uh, we're with the fake sound, but I've lost a bit of interest since i can't go or it just feels a bit empty yeah it feels like you're just watching sort of them just doing in training yeah it is a bit like that but yeah we'll all get back into the swing of things soon it'll be fine it'll be fine and uh tottenham gonna win the league not this year okay next year maybe next year yeah you never know know. the special one the special one yeah i mean relatively he's quite good um anyway thank you so much when you're an absolute star you're welcome time for the thank yous thank you so much to win evans oh my god such a delight so funny those stories are going to stay with me forever being sick on the head oh anyway yes also thank you so much to everyone else who makes this podcast what it is so thank you to adam harris with his fat chicken find out his answer right at the end of this thank you to bethia beats and her track of the pod we played just after fat chicken answer thank you to the boys out film bag yeah tom and revan making sure we're all up to date with those films that we definitely missed out on the music in the background is by jimmy lundy tom baxter and myself and the artwork is done by jmd like i said adam harris's fat chicken is up next lovely answers so what is he going to say about me this time and bethia beats track of the pod so Listen all the way to the end. Until next time, stay safe and see you soon. Bye-bye. Fat Chicken, I was finding out for you what the first toy to be advertised on television was. Let me take you back to the US, April 1952. Manufacturers Hasbro, the first toy advertised on television was Mr. Potato Head. Right. Yeah, he was the first toy, Mr. Potato Head, back in 1952. Um, Another one of those for you in the next episode.
You know what you do to me. Oh. 